Market View on Money FM 89.3. This has been a fairly eventful week in markets here in Singapore. We saw the reopening of those vaccine tra- of those visitor travel lanes providing a slight but much needed boost to the airline industry and also the uh, and also uh, the STI itself also slipping below 3100 in in uh, throughout the course of this week. Of course, today also marked the last trading day of Capital Land, but there are two particular uh, market events that are worth noting. It's been a couple of days now since the Singapore Exchange officially allowed the listing of uh, special purpose acquisition companies on the local boards, effectively becoming the first major Asian equity exchange to do so. And also tomorrow, we are approaching the much-awaited extraordinary general meeting of Singapore Press Holdings, the parent company of this station, where investors face a big decision. Should they or shouldn't they approve of the plan to spin off the media unit into a company by limited guarantee? We want to take a focus on these two particular events and to help us do that and help us parse out what's at stake and what is, what's important. We're joined once again by Mr. Nirgudan Tirashelvam, who's the head of consumer equity research at Telemur. He's on the line with us to help us talk through what we should probably keep track of with regards to these two events, SPACs and the EGM of SPH. Nirgudan, thank you so much for joining us today. Glad to hear you and your loved ones are still in good health and safe during these times. And welcome back to the show, sir. Hope you're having a good Thursday afternoon. Thank you very much. All right, uh, Nagurdan, as we know, the EGM for Singapore Press Holdings will kick off tomorrow at 2.30 in the afternoon. I want to start off there. The big decision, as we mentioned, facing shareholders is whether or not to spin off the media unit into a company limited by limited guarantee. Help us understand what's at stake here as it pertains to the media group's overall future and whether or not the, sh- the split should actually happen. You need to look at this issue in the context of two factors. One is a long-term issue, and the second is a short-term issue. One is that over the last decade, the decline of print media has accelerated. More and more people are using online sources for their news, and that has affected the economics, both the subscription numbers and the advertising numbers for SPH's print business or the media business. There are alternative sources of news, whether it's social media, whether it's online fora. There are other ways young people in particular are looking, are eschewing the traditional forms of media. The second has been a very recent phenomenon, a phenomenon which has affected us over the last 18 months. That has been COVID. COVID has also worsened Uh, the economic situation for traditional media players. And it's with that in mind that this reorganization is taking place for SPH. My sense is that the shareholders will probably vote in its favor, in favor of the proposal. Mm -hmm. And uh, we will have a situation where the media business would be hived off in a restructured manner. Right. The restructuring itself uh, was also it was highlighted when the case for restructuring was put forward that the media arm has seen declining revenues in year in part because of that trend towards uh, shifting towards digital content. That's really happened for the better part of the last two decades as well. They're good and print is fading away. They're making way for this. But do you really think in your opinion, do you think that the media arm is really going to be better off if it goes along? Will they be actually in a steadier ship if they are spun off into the CLG? It would be steadier in many ways, but the important thing from the uh, Singapore public's perspective is that uh, these treasured assets would continue and continue to serve the Singaporean public in an unbiased and fair manner. 
which is what uh, the whole country values. Mm-hmm. And what type of value can be unlocked if the spinoff does occur, both for the media and the non-media arm of SBH? Could you repeat that question, please? Uh, what type of value? I'm looking to see what kind of value actually can be unlocked if the spinoff of the media and non-media arm of SBH does occur. What kind of value can it create for both these units if they do, or if they are separated in the manner that uh, will be voted on tomorrow? It's difficult to uh, pinpoint an exact valuation. Mm-hmm. However, the key factor is that SPH has very strong assets. Both the media assets and the non-media assets are uh, attractive to investors. The media business has been under the pressures that I mentioned earlier. But the other assets, the property business, is on a very sound footing. And investors need to uh, address uh, both considerations accordingly. All right. Um, you know, uh, Nagarjan, this is also very important in relation to that other big proposal, which is Keppel's bid for SPH's non-media assets. Of course, we know the deal is contingent on the spinoff being approved and uh, taking place. Now, should Keppel's offer be approved down the line? Of course, that's something that'll happen months down the line, if ever. What kind of value can be be can be expect can potentially be generated or unlocked by this move? There is great value to be unlocked by this whole restructuring as far as capital is concerned. Uh, There again, there have been very severe headwinds that has affected uh, capital's traditional oil and gas businesses. Uh, One is the long-term trend of declining economics for those businesses. The second has been the difficulties that COVID has created. Hence, the restructuring could be accretive for shareholders because it's done to buttress the interests of the shareholders. Mm-hmm. Conversely, though, Nergunan, should a combination, and it's a big if, of course, if a combination between Keppel and SPH's non-media assets is achieved, what challenges would that combined entity face? Would there be leadership decisions that need to be made, redundant assets that need to be reconciled? What are your thoughts about what kind of challenges a combination of Keppel and SPH's non-media assets might face? There are three things that the management must do. Number one, they need to focus on what their core competences are. What are they good at? What can they do to maximize their assets or maximize the value of their assets? The second is that they need to sort out their balance sheets. They need to raise capital where they need to, and they need to rationalize the debt on their books. And the third is that they need to be quite clear with the investors about where the growth is going to come from. Mm-hmm. Once they communicate those three factors, it'll be a lot clearer for the investors. All right. We're still to Nergun and Tira Chalvam, the head of uh, consumer equity research at Atalamar, to talk about some of the big events that markets uh, actually are facing and actually saw in the last couple of days here in Singapore. Nergun, I do want to talk about SPACs now. Of course, it was fairly exciting uh, late last week when the Singapore Exchange became effectively the first major bourse in the region to allow the listing of these vehicles. However, when you look over in the United States where SPACs really took off, we're seeing signs of SPAC enthusiasm waning, actually. What do you think is driving the perceived waning of interest out there? And do you think this could also thus blunt any enthusiasm for SPACs here in Singapore? Singapore. You need to focus on what the rationale for SPACs are. SPACs provide the ordinary investor with the ability to invest in early stage companies in the same way that venture capitalists and private equity investors have had. It basically democratizes an asset class. It opens it up to the mass investor. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, in no, the no. first quarter of this year, there was an explosion in SPAC issues in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Since April, the number of SPACs have fallen and the SPAC index has collapsed. But that should not deter us from what the value of these, uh, from the value of this asset class is. Why do you think that interest has actually waned uh, sometime in April and May? Some were pointing to the reclassification of warrants as liabilities instead of equities. Do you think that might have played a part in sapping appetites for SPACs out of the U.S.? Yes, that could have certainly dented the enthusiasm for SPACs. We need to look at the long-term virtues of the SPAC asset class. And as I said, it democratizes investing to a class of investors that were excluded from some of these high-growth companies. Mm -hmm. Therefore, we cannot paint SPACs with the same brush. It is an interesting innovation which we need to give a lot more attention to. All right. Well, finally, Nirguna, staying with the SPAC, we got reports earlier this week also that some interested SPAC targets like Traveloka may be aborting mission and going the route of a traditional IPO instead. Now, I, I, I bring this up because, as we know, the big awaited uh, SPAC um, a, a deal, at least, uh, with regards to Singapore, is Grab's plan to a SPAC merger at the end of the year. Do you think the likes of Grab may reconsider their path to Wall Street if SPAC appetites are dampened even further? What are your thoughts on this, sir? It is too late for Grab to reverse the whole process. We expect the SPAC or the DSPAC to be completed by the end of the year. We are optimistic on Altimeter, which is the entity that uh, Grab is being integrated into. We're optimistic on Grab's prospects in ride-hailing, food delivery, and digital payments. And this is an opportunity for investors to get in on something at a very early stage. All right. Very interesting thoughts there on two of the major issues, perhaps uh, driving investor interest, at least here in Singapore, the last two weeks, the advent of SPACs in Singapore and the upcoming EGM of SPH. I'd like to thank Nirgud and Tira Chalvam, the head of consumer equity research at Telemer, for joining us today on Money FM 89.3 to help us better understand these two major developments. As always, Nirgud, and I wish you and your loved ones continued health and safety during these times. And we look forward next time you can join us on the show. Meanwhile, stay safe, sir. And we thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.